The Lion King. This is where most of us in the Americas have gotten our knowledge about Africa. I'm not kidding. The entire continent. Really? Hi, I'm Emily Tafour. Thanks for joining me for this special video podcast version of NYIT International. This week, how does a Colombian American experience her first visit to Africa? I spent two weeks visiting different parts of East Africa, and what can I say? Africa is so much more than I could ever have imagined. And mind you, I was only in two countries. The experience started in Nairobi, the bustling capital of Kenya, where English is the official language, although Swahili is the most widely spoken. The busy and congested city of four and a half million people is most often used by foreigners as an entry and leaving point. The most common reason to visit Nairobi, Kenya, to go on safari. But places like the Giraffe Center, the David Sheldrick Wildlife Fund Elephant Orphanage, the Maasai Market, the trendy and modern Westlands, among others, make Nairobi so much more than just a transitory city. But I digress. After a short flight from Nairobi, I'm in the Maasai Mara National Reserve, one of Africa's most popular safari destinations because of animal diversity and concentration. Hey, this is Emily Tafur, reporting from Hopesville, um, from Kenya, the Maasai Mara National Reserve. Um, as you can see, I'm currently on a game drive. Uh, game drives are, are what you do to go out and look for animals in the park. Um, we're currently looking for our last animal, the big five. The big five are what is known as um, the most desirable animals that people come to see on safari. Elephant, lion, buffalo, leopard, rhino is the last one. Rhino is the last one we haven't seen yet. Um, visiting Kenya is wonderful. It's something that I recommend to anyone of any age to do. No words explain how amazing it is to see wild animals in their natural habitat. But the greatest takeaway from the safari experience is seeing and understanding the human wildlife coexistence. By visiting a Maasai village, I got a taste of their traditions, culture, and lifestyle, and how, against all odds, they have maintained their ancient ways of dress, their own language, handicraft practices, and so much more. Watching them interact with foreigners, welcoming us into their village, patiently explain over and over how they're children of this land, how they've spent centuries figuring out human-wildlife coexistence, is not only fascinating, but also humbling. And then Kenya is a really diverse country, so there's beach towns um, with beautiful beaches. Next stop, the Kenyan coast, and the cities of Mombasa and Malindi. Both are popular beach towns on the warm Indian Ocean with pristine white sandy beaches and an array of beach hotels and resorts. Tourism is a central part of the economy here, and although staying at a beach resort is wonderful, it's painfully evident how different these resort conditions are from the real-life conditions of the majority of the population surrounding us. 
a disparity I wish could be eliminated. Despite it all, Kenyan people are some of the friendliest and most joyous people I've ever met. Their rhythm, perseverance, and happiness are sincerely contagious. Next on the journey, neighboring Tanzania, where Swahili is the official language, though most people who cater to foreigners speak excellent English as well. I visited Dar es Salaam first, Tanzania's largest and most important city, even though it's not the capital. It's a vital city because of its fishing and port history. Dar es Salaam is a blend of Indian immigrants with their Hindu culture, Arabic settlers, and a large Muslim population coexisting and interconnected with the native Swahili East African population. Also home to pristine stretches of white sandy beaches, Dar es Salaam is frequently treated as just a stop on the way to the famed island of Zanzibar. But exploring Dar's vibrant fish market, textile, spice, produce, and meat markets are some of the most culturally enriching and authentic experiences to have on this entire trip. East Africans are resourceful. They're merchants and fishermen and tradesmen and so much more. A ferry ride from one of Dar's busy ports takes you to Zanzibar, an island known for its slave trade history. Its Portuguese, Persian, and Muslim influences, along with being the home to Stonetown, a world heritage site in the heart of its capital, Zanzibar City, makes it a must-see experience. The beaches, shopping, museums, spice markets, water activities, and so much more keep tourists busy on Zanzibar and feed its semi-autonomous economy. My experience in Africa was enthralling, exciting and heartbreaking all at once. Meeting talented, hardworking, curious, caring people, experiencing some of the very same struggles I grew up with in Latin America corruption, a devastating disparity between the rich and the working class, and how little of the abundant resources get shared with the general population is painful to see. On the other hand, my absolute favorite part of all of this is how it creates overcomers. It creates resourceful people who are grateful for who they are and firmly hold on to family and traditions to foster joy. It's a cradle for dreamers and inventors, and a place so diverse, there is no possible way to encompass what Africa is. You just have to experience it for yourself. Next time, join me for part two, the other side of the story, a local perspective. What it's like to grow up in Africa, dream of coming to the US, and making it happen, right here to our very own NYIT campus. I'm Emily Tafur. Thanks for watching.